good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is Friday, the 28th of February, year of our Lord, 2020. Welcome to another episode of Shoot the J. Uh, I'm back, okay? I haven't made an episode. This is the first episode back. It's been a little like a week and a half long hiatus. I've been very sick. I mean, you guys follow me on Twitter. You guys know this. This isn't new. Uh, so I'm back. Uh, back with, with, with a bang, with some breaking news, you're probably looking at the title of the episode. If you've been following this on Twitter, you're probably thinking, Nick, this doesn't need to be a podcast episode. You probably could have, A, recapped this in like a tweet, which you already did. B, um, just make a video if you're that excited about it. Uh, or C, just don't say anything because in longevity, it's probably not that big of a deal. To that, I say, shut up. This is the coolest thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. If you don't know and you didn't read the title, Daryl Morey followed me on Twitter. Now, if you're a regular listener of this of this programming, uh, you'll know that I talk about Daryl Morey more like every five seconds. It's basically I'm either talking about Colin Sexton or I'm talking about Daryl Morey. And uh, while well, one of those people just followed me on Twitter, all right, the day that I get in a room with Colin Sexton and Daryl Morey will be the most unbelievable thing that ever happens to me uh, in my life. So if you if you're mad that this is an episode, I'm very sorry, um, but shut up because this is the coolest f-ing thing that has ever happened to me. And I apologize for the salty language. I'm just so excited. Uh, Daryl Morey, even though this programming will never make it to your ears, thank you very much. I'm literally, I'm sitting there, I'm scrolling through Twitter and I realized I wasn't following Daryl. I think I'm on a first name basis. Mr. Mori, I didn't, I didn't realize I was not following Mr. Mori. So I was like, oh, I have to amend that quickly. I did. And then within like three minutes, uh, he followed me back. And I was like rubbing my eyes like, hello, am I still sick? Because I'm like hallucinating a little bit still. Like I'm still sick enough where it's like sometimes I don't feel like present in the moment. And I feel like things are just kind of happening around me. It's weird. I'm getting better. Um, if you can't tell, I'm clearly feeling a lot better than I was just a few days ago. Here's my thing. Um, Not only is this the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, but the problem is that the tweet that I had before he followed me was like a James Harden slander tweet, which was it was stemming from a tweet that I saw. So there's the whole Giannis versus James Harden Cold War thing that we're once again rekindling in the midst of once again, where James Harden's like, I wish I was seven feet tall and could dribble because like that doesn't take any skill. Um, Furthering the agenda that Giannis has no bag, which a lot of people are starting to bite on, which is kind of annoying because this isn't even just me speaking as a Bucks fan or trying to be anti-James Harden, which I'm not anymore. I've been on record like multiple times that I'm just done. I'm not hating James Harden anymore because I actually enjoy watching him play, um, which is weird. Just kind of flipped a switch on that. I don't really know what it was. I, th- I think what it is is for me. I'm okay, obviously, with watching James Harden with the ball in his hands. I enjoy watching him facilitate so much. Like, to me, that's what's enticing about watching James Harden. Um, It's not his dribbling ability. It's not his scoring ability. It's not his isolating ability, uh, which I don't really know that too many people are watching James Harden to watch him isolate. Uh, But that's what you're more more often than not going to get. I love watching James Harden pass. I think he's a really, really gifted passer. And now you're probably thinking, and people probably thought this in, in, in the two episodes ago with James, where I was just like pandering to the Rockets because Jeff Green had signed there. And now it's like, well, now you kind of have double incentive to pander to the Rockets. Listen, I was going to do this regardless of whether or not Daryl Morey followed me on Twitter, which once again, Mr. Morey, if I can call you Daryl, thank you very, very much. Um, Here's the thing. Everyone's saying that if James Harden were in the East, he'd have a ring by now. And I say everybody's saying that it was one guy who said it, but that sentiment's kind of, I mean, if it's retweeted, it's sort of... That sentiment is sort of growing, and it's being shared. 
If James Harden were in the Eastern Conference, he would have already have won a ring by now. And I cannot really pinpoint, and I don't think anybody really can, what year that would have been. Because in years past, up until literally just this year, for the last, what, three, four years, any year that they would be that, that uh, uh, an Eastern Conference James Harden would make it to the finals, which admittedly, he would not generally do with ease because LeBron was, it was last year was his last, his, I'm sorry, his first year not in the East. Um, he's still going to have to go through Bron. Let's just use last year as an example. You're still playing the Dynasty Warriors. Like, I know that they got hurt in the end, but even then, piss poor example because you still have to go through the Raptors, still have to go through the Bucks. I'd even lump the Sixers in there, honestly. Like, you still have to go through these formidable teams that I don't think James Harden on his own is going to beat. With James Harden, he is a Game 5 uh, NBA record-setting 13 turnovers away, uh, a Chris Paul hamstring injury, like a, a bad whistle away, uh, a 27 consecutive missed three-pointers away from possibly being in the NBA Finals once again, because obviously he was there with Oklahoma City. Like, he's been to the Finals, lost in five. Lost in five to the Warriors when he committed the 13 turnovers, which I believe that record still stands, most turnovers in a single game with 13. I remember exactly where I was for that game, too. I was, I think it was a school night. I was supposed to be in school and, uh, like the next day. And I was, I stayed up watching that game and I, I it was clearly worth it. Cause at the time I was not rooting for Houston. Um, cause I was about four years away from turning the, turning the, the, the tide on the James Harden slander, which again, I'm, I'm gone. I'm not on that anymore. In the last like four games, James Harden is like plus 66. Now, granted they've played like three bad teams and the jazz, but which admittedly the Jazz win was actually quite impressive and obviously everybody realizes it at this point but they probably should have realized it like a month ago when it was when he was named an all-star that Russell Westbrook has been freaking amazing recently like him deciding that he doesn't want to shoot three-pointers anymore has been tremendous and I I said this to in the episode with James let me actually finish off. Let me let me dot the I on that last Harden point. There are so many instances where James Harden is so unbelievably close to a championship. Um, and then whether it's a, a product of his own uh, play, whether he does it to himself, he's the cause of his own demise or not, which I mean, I'd say more often than not, he's not. But like I said, the 13 turnovers, uh, which was five years ago. I don't people just don't remember that that was the thing that happened, which is weird to me because I feel like the people who want to slander James Harden feel like that's just such an easy thing to go to. The problem is that like 90 percent of NBA Twitter has been around for like a year and is like 14 years old. So they don't remember that that happened, even though it was only five years ago, like it was the first year of the Warriors dynasty and people already don't remember that that was a thing that happened. James Harden has been so close to making the finals with Houston so many different times, it's not inconceivable to think that uh, if he did win a championship, that a lot of this slander would go away because then you don't really have too many knocks on him anymore because he finally captured that illustrious championship. Um, with uh, the point that I was making to James Edwards about Daryl Morey, this uh, concept of the Rockets going uh, as, as small as humanly possible, um, now I generally will try to gather some facts and some statistics and some instances uh, that will back up my point, that will prove what I'm trying to say. I did not plan on recording today. I planned on recording tomorrow because I have a new microphone coming in. Um, but this, I felt like, was impromptu enough that I was like, this is, this is substantial enough news that I feel like I just have to talk about it. And because I haven't, we haven't, we haven't, uh, 
shared a, a conversation here. It's, I mean, it's a one-way conversation. But I haven't made an episode in like a week and a half because uh, I've been sick, but we're back, folks. Um, with Daryl Morey, this new concept of small ball, I feel like if there's anybody in the association, in any front office, that is ahead of the curve on anybody at all, A, it's Daryl Morey, but B, if there's something that we're overlooking, something that we're not paying attention to, creating a new algorithm to try to win basketball games, if there's anybody that I'm going to trust to try to do that, it's obviously Daryl Morey. So I look at the Rockets going as small as humanly possible as almost like a, wait a second, is he thinking about something that we're not thinking about? Or was it just kind of a, we just need to do something really quick because there's a chance that we might not have, me and Mike D'Antoni might not have a job in like three months. I don't quite think, it didn't have really the cadence of like a panic move, trading Capella, getting Robert Covington, and all these other players. It did not have the cadence of a, we have to do something right now. It just kind of felt like they wanted to try something new because statistically, they just don't really, they didn't really need Clint Capella. They had the lowest pick and roll uh, usage in the league. Again, I don't have the, the actual figure in front of me, but I know that they have the lowest. They're like statistically, and again, this is all thing, these are all like actual laid out facts that I presented to James Edwards. So if you want to go back and listen to that, I actually gave the numbers, I believe. They're statistically like better with him off the floor offensively and like a little bit better with him on the floor defensively. And then in terms of rebounding the ball, they're fine without him. I think they've only, they, they, out of like the 12 games that they played without him, they were only out rebounded in like two of them. So they never needed Clint Capella on the floor. And that's not to say that Clint Capella is bad, but it's just he didn't cater to what they needed offensively. And adding Robert Covington and allowing you to play five out literally the entire, like 95% of the game, it adds an interesting element to your offense. Um, you don't even have to be historically great at rebounding the basketball in order to win championships anymore. Like the example that I used with James Edwards was, uh, and I hate that I'm just referencing that podcast, but we talked about the Rockets in there and I'm just, you know, I'm hammering home a lot of those same points just consolidated. The Houston, um, I'm sorry, the Miami Heat in 2013 were like 30th in rebounding and they won the championship. So you don't have to be historically great, let alone even like kind of okay. You don't have to be like close to average. It was, there were, there were so many teams in the last decade, like 60% of them, 60, 50 to 60% of the, 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 the champions of the last decade were like mediocre to not good at all at rebounding the ball. It's bizarre. I'm pretty sure like the 15 Warriors, I think were pretty bad. The uh, the Mavericks weren't very good, I don't believe, and obviously the 2013 Heat. So I think if there's anybody in the NBA who can figure out uh, not even just a new algorithm, because this is what we were talking about the other day, it almost feels like what Daryl created is the product of will be the product of his own demise. Like introducing this new formula to the other 29 teams in the league. A, you kind of didn't really have a choice. Teams were going to catch on eventually anyways. But B, and that's, you know what though? Even then, I'm pretty sure the Rockets are going to be okay. I'm pretty sure in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the playoffs. Well, if Russell Westbrook can't really shoot threes, then I guess maybe not. But Robert Covington can stretch the floor. And P.J. Tucker, even though he's playing the five, they're, and they're going to be fine. Everyone always makes jokes about Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic and all these centers. But how many of these teams actually play their offense through their center. The Lakers do, admittedly. Rudy Gobert, they can. Jokic, the, the Nuggets do. And this was actually going to be the, the episode that I planned was talking about the Nuggets. So I'll do that tomorrow. Uh, 
probably, hopefully. I'll do that soon. But there aren't that many teams in the West that are going to play their offense through their center that it's really going to impact P.J. Tucker that much. And in terms of rebounding, well, teams are shooting more three-pointers than they've ever shot, ever. So, which, again, thank you, Daryl Morey. Which is just going to lead to longer rebounds. I think if there's anybody who can create a new way to win games, it's Daryl Morey. And that's why when you look at the Rockets, it's really, really interesting to see, can this work? How will it work? Which, it, again, they've been playing pretty bad teams recently, but they've been playing really, really well. So, And I would expect nothing less. I would be worried if they weren't. If they were winning, but only winning by like two, then I'd be a little bit concerned. But they're absolutely throttling these teams. Again, it was like the Knicks and the Grizzlies, somebody else, and the Jazz. Thank you, Daryl Morey, for following me. This was that was like the coolest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, and I keep checking because I know he's going to unfollow me at some point. Now, you're also probably thinking, Nick, this was sort of like an incoherent episode of just rambling. Uh, not that there just wasn't that much substance to anything that you were saying. Yes, and I apologize. Once again, still trying to get back from being sick. But also, um, I just literally just started recording and I didn't really know where I was going to be going with this. This is just like a complete emergency episode. And that's probably how I should have led this. It was a complete emergency episode. If you made it this far, because this is my quick hitter, uh, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Thank you very, very much, folks. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure to rate and review. I hate being that guy if you don't want to. Only if you enjoyed it. If you didn't like it, let me know personally, and then I will see to it that I make a better episode. Uh, but until then, folks, I will see you guys in the next one.